DJ, PK, it's time to talk Super Bowl with the former Cougar, the former Philadelphia Eagle, Chad Lewis. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Chad, good morning. Yo, what's up? How's it going this morning? It is going well. I'm curious if you're, uh, you know, when you get to this point every year, do the NFL playoff memories with the Eagles come flooding back? Or is it different this year because Andy Reid's right in the middle of it going to the Super Bowl and maybe this year's a little different than most years and you really got the memories to uh, to uh, wade through? It's always exciting. I always follow, but this year is a lot more special. Um, the fact that Andy's back in the Super Bowl and Danny's there, and half of Andy's staff are my old coaches, and it's just uh, really exciting. Then Fred on the other side, so it's uh, <laughs> this is really cool. Great Super Bowl, couple weeks here. Yeah, we had you. I remember a couple of years back when the Eagles were there, and obviously that was your team, your primary team anyway, and you were way excited. And if I remember correctly, you went back there and and were immersed in all that. How does this compare to that? This. Well, the Eagles, that was something special because it was the Eagles' first Super Bowl victory. It was against the team that beat us in the Super Bowl, the Patriots. And even with Tom Brady having the ball in his hands at the end of the game, they still they found a way to win it. The Philly special, um, Doug Peterson, my former quarterback and good friend, is the head coach, Drew Staley, former teammate. Um, I was back there for that one, and that was that was incredible. This is... This is similar because, you know, my my love for Andy Reid, the respect that I have for him, the really the gift that he's been in my life as a coach for seven years, as a mentor for all these years, as a friend, someone I can talk to at any time. He's for for help, for advice. It's I'm just so pumped for him and I want him to win it. So what has he got that he's gotten so many teams to conference finals now for the second time to the uh, Super Bowl? What What is it? Well, every Fortune 500, every team, every organization is trying to build a winning culture. It's difficult. How do you do that? Um, every team is trying to build team chemistry in a way that you can be successful both on the field and off the field. And he's got this Lavelle-like, Holmgren-like ability to change organizations. He did it with the Eagles. He's done it now with the Chiefs. And if you recall, both those organizations were in quite a bit of chaos before he got there. And he's got this leveling influence. He's got this balance and perspective about him. He... He's really a normal, real guy. There's nothing about him that's phony. Um, he doesn't have fake motivation. He's not like a like an energy drink dude. However, I've never seen anyone work hours like him. I mean, I, I think John Gruden would be the only one that would compare. And so he puts in the time, but it's not just the time. He puts in the love, like... He genuinely loves his players. He gathers people around him that he wants to be with and that he believes in. And the same thing with his staff. Like, he enjoys being around his staff. He loves those guys. He never toots his own horn. You'll notice 
after every loss, what does he say at the podium? He says, hey, this one's on me. I didn't have my guys ready. That's uh, Just blame me. And after every win, he says, man, my guys did such a great job. Give them all the credit. And he's humble in victory. He's gracious in defeat. He's got this entire package together. That's why the football world right now is talking so much about him and, and people really respect him. So people who know, and you being one of them, say he is a Lavelle Edwards clone and you've already brought up Coach Edwards' name. Uh, how did that come to be? Do you know? I think one way it came to be, the first way is he came here and played for Lavelle. Andy wanted to be a doctor out of BYU, and Lavelle talked to him and said, Andy, I think you'd be a great coach. And when, An- and when Lavelle would say stuff like that to you, it was, he had an inspiring effect because you knew he wasn't just throwing words or blowing smoke. He was, he was a genuine guy, too. And so that was his first experience with Lavelle. And then he became a GA here at BYU for a year, so he actually learned and tutored from Lavelle. And then he went to San Francisco State and started his own coaching life. And with that came constant communication with Lavelle. And all through his coaching career, he would talk to Lavelle every week. They'd talk on the phone. Lavelle would write him notes. Um, So even up until Lavelle passed away, they talked every week. And so that love, that tutoring, that mentorship – that was cool. My first Super Bowl, we, I just t- tore my Liz Frank in the NFC Championship game. So I'm at the Super Bowl, but I have two screws in my foot. I'm not playing. And the night we check in to Jacksonville, Lavelle and Patty are Andy's guests for the week at the Super Bowl. And so as our team gets into the hotel, we go to the first dinner and so sitting at the table, it's my wife, Michelle, and I, Andy and Tammy, Rod Dowhauer, our old offensive coordinator, and his wife, and Patty and Lavelle. And that was like one of the coolest dinners. I wanted to just open my mind and my eyes and record that every conversation and just watch Lavelle and Andy just talk and reminisce and smile and I wish every football fan could have been at that table with me because it was it was really cool. So as you watch Andy progress, how does he connect with so many people? How do you how do you get the trust? Because you've you've done a lot of interviews with us on radio. You've done stuff on TV and all that. You always talk about how you know a locker room. It's just got all these personalities from all these backgrounds, how do you have the, the time and the energy to dial into so many of them? Because when you read the stories about Andy, so many people have that tie to him. It's communication, but it's not just communication. It's honest communication. So when he talks to the media, he's, he's straight up. He's not, not trying to hide anything. He's not trying to act better than he is. He's not trying to over-promote his program. He's just straight up. When he talks with players, it's the same way. He just he gives it to you raw and real. He lets you know what you need to improve. He lets you know what he fully expects. And then, like a dad or like someone you revere, he's able to speak to you in a way that helps inspire you to get there. This is what I expect, and then he follows it up with, 
his own encouraging words and his own self-deprecating laugh to where, come hell or high water, you're going to do it, and you're going to do it for him. And you know he believes in you. And then when I say communication, I mean currently he's on his phone. Like he's texting his guys 50 times a night. When he told me that a couple years ago, it just really caught me by surprise because he's always on. But the thing about him is it doesn't wear him out. He's the type of person that because he loves people, that communication gives him energy and it drives him forward instead of wearing him out. Um, and I think the guys on the team appreciate that their coach is so touchable. If they have an issue, they can talk to him. He's, he's very responsive. And so they know that he, he actually does care about them. Um, and, and through the years, the times that there's been many times when I've needed him and just a text or a phone call and he's, he's very available to talk through things. And that just, that's what's so endearing about him as a person, as a friend, as a coach, as a leader. So, I mean, you should ask Clark Hunt, the owner of the Chiefs, what do you think? And he'd say, are you kidding me? I've been doing this for a long time and he's the best. That's what he'd say. So, Chad, we know, although it wasn't necessarily talked about a lot, Andy Reid has had some uh, serious personal tragedy in his life with his children. And I know with me, uh, and I have had some situations, and I just wallow in self-pity. He just, in his, at least from the public perspective, kept right on going. Uh, how difficult was that, if you know and you want to share, was it for him, was he able to keep going after having to endure such extreme difficulty? It was hard for him because it was so public. You know, he he would have much rather dealt with those challenging issues in private and to have it all laid out in the papers and radios was, was really difficult for him. And even though he had a tough face, it was, he's a sensitive guy too, and it hurt, and it was hard. And what drove him was his love for his family, starting with Tammy and then all of his kids. And, and what was cool was in the middle of that chaos, he talked to Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, and he said, I need, my, my kids need my full attention right now. So I think for 39, 40 days, he left took a leave of absence from the Eagles as the head coach with his staff full approval and said, Andy, take care of business. And he spent time, every ounce of his time, every <laughs> just all the love he had on Garrett and letting him know, I am with you. We're going through this together. You are not alone. And that was touching for all of us that were around him. And, you know, what's it? When I wrote my book, Surround Yourself with Greatness, I called Andy and we had a we had a conversation that I it was because of my book, because of our experience and friendship, I asked him questions that I would not normally have asked. They were sensitive questions like Andy, do you feel like the amount of time that you spent at work is one of the reasons why you know, Garrett had some issues and problems. And he's, you know, he was just so authentic by saying, 
Yeah, I've thought about that a lot, you know, and I wondered, man, was it my fault that I was at work so much and being a head coach and driving? And he said, coming back to your book, the title of your book, Surround Yourself with Greatness, he said, I just, I, I tell you what, I saw the influence that certain friends had on my, my boys. And yes, I was working, but he always carved out time to be with them, go home, have breakfast with them and have them there on the sidelines and during the week. But he said it was, it was some people that they started hanging around that he saw a sharp, rapid, immediate decline. And so then he spoke to the message of the book that it is so important for us to be around good people. And just to have that real conversation with him to understand that he felt that pain but at the same time it was his love that drove everything that made me appreciate him and and feel a lot more empathy for what he was going through you know because as you say so much of this was so public a lot of us uh you know and i i've never met andy i've never talked to him on the phone or anything uh but i know so many people like you who speak so highly of him so i've always been curious when i have a chance to read something there's been a lot to read because a lot of this has been out there publicly and in the lead up to the game you find out how many people want him to have the super bowl not that he needs it that he's won so many games and touched so many lives, that's the important thing. But still, it's competition. The game's right in front of you, so win it and hoist the trophy. And they want it for that's him. Right. They want it for him, and they want it for him really bad. And I, I've read those quotes from a lot of people. And I'm curious if you think, do they have the team to make it happen? Are the Niners well, going to be able to run the ball and play keep away and keep Mahomes on the sideline and win the game? Here's what I would say first. When you meet him, he's going to be authentic. He's going to treat you with class and respect. He's not going to, he's not going to act like anything he's not. And you're going to come away going, wow, <laughs> he was, what a cool guy. So that, that's going to be your impression. And if it's different than that, I'm buying you dinner anywhere you want. Name the place. Okay. Number two, can they do it? Do they have the horses to do it? They certainly do. They've got the speed everywhere, but so does the 49ers. So this is going to be a classic Super Bowl it's any of these teams can strike fast, strike hard, and go the distance at any time. So no lead is safe in this game. Um, I think it will be high scoring, even with, you know, you got the best defense in football. I think the ability for the Chiefs to overcome some, some large deficits in the playoffs, you know, 24 to zero, that was unprecedented. No one had ever done that before. And for, Mahomes to just kind of laugh and be like, hey, let's go. Let's start making the plays, you know. And so they, they have speed at every position. So do the 49ers. And that's one of the reasons why all of us are so excited for this game, just to see these two teams go at it. So on a personal note, Chad, one of your daughters married into a family, has a father-in-law who's a real good friend of mine. I'm not sure why she did that. They're a real screwed up family, but we won't get into that. Uh, I know I've known them for 30 years, and I'm real tight with them, as you know. Uh, and then speaking of father-in-laws, you are the father-in-law of Matt Bushman, but you're also a BYU guy. So the Cougars really needed Matt Bushman to come back because he's an excellent player and can very well argue easily that he's their best returning receiver at tight end. So how did you balance that role of being an NFL guy with all these years of experience, literally playing the same position that you played, to tell Matt as far as guide him what to do in terms of returning 
knowing that, man, he can really help the team that I want to see win? <laughs> that's, that's a great question. Um, two answers. Number one, with everything that happened with Kobe Bryant this week and how cool he was expressing his love for his girls, I would say that I'm also a father of girls. I have two, two girls who I love so much, and this, this week has, has helped me reflect on the gift it is to be a dad more. And so, yeah, those two girls, I would like to have been a better dad, but I, I want them to know that I love them like crazy. And then Matt Bushman, you know, he's he's a he's a gifted player. He's a hard worker. He's a humble guy. He doesn't talk smack to anyone. He just puts his nose down and goes to work. And then he has gifts that you can't teach. He has the ability, like Cody Hoffman, to catch the ball in traffic. He has speed, like great tight ends. Like I see Kelsey and Kittle. I mean, these guys have really nice speed and. He's got that speed, so he's got he's got a great package to make plays. And as it comes to the NFL, we talked a lot about the pros and cons. What's what's good about going pro right now? What's good about? And I I did not want to make the decision for him. We just talked about everything he wanted to talk about. And I think at the end of the day, he felt like I've got unfinished business here at BYU. There's there's a lot I want to do, a lot I want to prove, and a lot I want to improve. And so he made the decision to come back, and he's he's a hundred percent on that. There's no there's no wishing, there's no regretting. He's he's pumped to be here, and I can't wait to see what he does for his senior year. Still got your golf tournament going, Chad? Yep, this will be number fourteen golf tournament to raise funds to fight and eradicate cystic fibrosis, and we've done it up at Promontory for the last several years and put a great group together. It's, it's always this, the first week in June. And now that I know so many friends that have cystic fibrosis, it's, I'm just very grateful to be a part of it. And one day we'll have a golf tournament to celebrate the fact that there ain't no more cystic fibrosis. That's my, that's my vision. All right. Well, if your younger daughter wants to know how to handle that Pollard family, just have her give me a call because I can put them in line <laughs> like that. All right? That's so great. <laughs> oh, I love him. I'm, Chad is such a great son-in-law. I'm just, I could not be more thrilled. Well, I love the children him. are fine. It's the parents, I think, that are. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Turn High the knife. Turn the knife, PK. <laughs> Turn They're the so knife. Great. Yeah, we love them. So grateful. The kids are great. The parents are high maintenance. They are. <laughs> That's words to live by right there. All right. Well, they can't defend themselves, so maybe we should end this before PK uh, you know, gets another shot. Oh, I'll get shot a text in. here any minute. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The interview, it's slipping away. It's slipping. <laughs> it is. All right, Chad, thanks for joining us. Thanks for giving us a few minutes, and we'll talk to you again. You're welcome. Thanks, guys. Knowing how the world works down in Utah County, uh, Chad's son-in-law's mother, you got that? Is yeah. A do- is a doman. A doman married a Pollard. And then their son married a Lewis daughter. There it is. Yeah. 
Yeah. You got that, Yach? There's some I athleticism can, running through that gene Yach's, pool. Yach's taking notes. <laughs> like, like, okay, all right. Which coaches are already recruiting? Well, that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, yeah, they'll have height. Class of sure. whatever. They'll have some serious height, yeah, no doubt about it. Because uh, Pollard, the youngest one, played in the NBA right. for a number Basketball of players? Yeah. Football players? Yeah. Daughter might be a volleyball or basketball star? Yeah. Somebody might end up running track. Yeah, I mean, they got the athletic gene, you know, but they're kind of wacky. There it is. <laughs> one more shot. Just one You're more. just trying to get this text <laughs> in as fast as you can, huh? Boom! For the road. <laughs> Knowing the way things work in Utah County, if they aren't listening, which you'd have a text by now if they were, somebody they know oh, is it's, listening it's and coming. is texting them. It's coming. It's too tightly knit a community. Well, I know, but I got to be accurate. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 12.80, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz are back in action tonight. They're in San Antonio to play the Spurs. The game tips off at 6.30, AT&T Sportsnet. You can listen to it at 5.30 right here on the radio with Jazz Game Night, the pregame show at 5.30 and then the tip at 6.30. Salt Lake City Stars beat the Fort Wayne Mad Ants, PK. 111 to 106. <laughs> Juwan Morgan scored 26 <laughs> points to lead the Stars. <laughs> PK's mic wasn't on there, was it? It's probably, it's probably for the best. That's why I it said it. It was for the best. <laughs> Grizzlies beat the Denver Nuggets 104 to 96. And. <laughs> And the uh, Suns blew out the Dallas Mavericks 133-104. to So two of the teams right around the Jazz in the playoff race both get beat last night. Utah State beats Wyoming 68-45, to the final score. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Action Plumbing. Call Action Plumbing and get your furnace, get your winter furnace tune-up and safety check for $33 by calling Action Plumbing at 801-833-3333 or go to actionplumbing.net. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. Play-by-play voice of the Utah Jazz, David Locke. Um, wait one second, guys. Are you leaving? Okay, I love you. Happy anniversary. There you go. There's the romantic <laughs> 19 years right there, guys. Me wishing my wow. life happy anniversary. Who says romance is dead? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I don't know if I could get away with saying, hey, uh, I'll see you later. Happy anniversary, by the way. Right in the middle of the conversation. Yeah, on a phone interview. I'm still scratching my head over it. I would be gutted. Like, that's what you're going to do for our anniversary? Happy anniversary as I'm leaving? This Uh, is the business we chose. (laughs) Oh, calm (laughs) down there. Just because you're only celebrating your, like, what, first anniversary coming up here pretty soon? And you've already forgotten, what, one of them? Yeah. (laughs) I'm over one. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Catch hands and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join Scotty and Hands Monday from noon to three. They'll be at Umami Japanese Barbecue, 568 North Mill Road in Vineyard for great tasting Japanese barbecue. Sweet. Got the question of the day up at Facebook, PK. The Saints reportedly want to use next season to transition from Drew Brees to Taysom Hill, with Hill becoming the starting quarterback in 2021. How do you think Hill will do as the starter? Well, I got to say, if he ends up being a quality starter in the NFL at quarterback, I've got to be the first in line to say, I did not see that coming. 
because he was too much of an athlete runner at BYU and not enough of a drop back quarterback in guy, this league, which, which is what the NFL yes, needs, yeah. wants, craves. Right, absolutely. You don't have to be a great athlete. You have to be able to throw and make quick decisions and be able to slide. And I step would say, back and I would that say that we should both, because I remember yeah. the conversations, just both step up and raise our hands now, yeah. because he's already done more as a quarterback in the NFL uh, than I expected. He's only thrown thirteen passes. Yeah, I don't think he's done more. Really? He's done nothing that I didn't believe he could do. All the receiver running special teams, I'm with you. He can throw the ball. 100%. But that's like coming in for 10 minutes and hitting a couple shots or being a role player in the NBA. Yeah, you have your moments. But asking him to make the leap to starting quarterback, it's not about having moments. It's about having games. It's about having seasons. It's about having careers. And on top of that, and this would be my big question mark going forward that is unanswerable at this moment, I guess we could all take a guess, but none of us really know, is however much he's improved now and however much he would improve as he got all that experience, he's also going to be on film for the rest of the league. And anything you can do and anything you can't do, they will figure that out and they will take away what you can do and make you do what you can't. So anything he's done now, he's barely scratching the surface of what he'll have to do down the road. If he can throw and be a successful quarterback, the right-handed Steve Young. And that's the comp that a lot of the coaches down there in And that's have made. the way it is. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> that's the way it is. <laughs> Everybody in your life is Walter Cronkite. <laughs> well, who'd he start it? And that's... John on our Facebook stage. And that's the way it is. <laughs> John on our Facebook page said, Steve, Young's, Steve Young once said that you either have the accuracy or you don't, and no amount of practice can turn you into a great quarterback. The coaches should know by now how accurate and precise Taysom can be as a quarterback. Give him five games as a starter. If he doesn't progress, move him to fullback. Uh, me, I wouldn't move him to a permanent position. I would just use him more at all the different positions. Right. Just don't take him off the field, but use him as a wild card. He's an unbelievable athlete. From quarterback to running back to slot receiver to whatever. He's literally one of the greatest athletes I've ever seen. I mean, he's got to be in the top 1%. When you combine his size, his speed, his athletic ability, his feet, his be able to move, leap, jump, turn... Everything it, it is it is just incredible. I'm calling him, and you know why it's appropriate on this day of all days. The right-handed Steve Young, because because on this day, yeah, this day. What is this day? Twenty-five years ago, the Niners won their last. Twenty-five years ago today, Steve Young got the monkey off his back. Twenty-five years ago today, that's why we're talking to. Oh my gosh, you don't think he is behind this? He has set it up so the Niners. He are out there twenty-five years later, and the Chiefs are out there. 50 years later, and one of them will get the monkey off their back, and the other one will continue. Well, the Chiefs don't, I mean, the Niners don't have to get the monkey off their back. There's no monkey on the on the Niners' back. 25 years, five it's been a no, long time. It has, but there's no monkey on the San Francisco 49ers' back. The there just isn't. Six. There isn't. They can, good, good luck to them. I couldn't care less who wins, uh, but good luck to them if they can get it, but they don't have. We got a shock to world mentality proof and all that. I guess these guys can say, wow, they only had won four ball games last year. But there's a big question. There's a big obvious why your quarterback was down. David says Taysom Hill is a beast. 
He has a few things to work on, but he's a prototype for the new dual-threat quarterback model that everyone's lusting over. He's a better passer than Jackson. He's bigger and faster than Mayfield and more elusive than Josh Allen. If he can put it all together, which the Saints must believe that he can, the Mormon missile will tear up the league. He's a better Better passer passer than than Lamar Jackson? What gives you credibility to say that? Go, Go look at Lamar Jackson's stats if you didn't watch the games. Yeah, Sheesh. you're just going on what you believe, but not certainly what you've seen. Uh, what you believe or what you want. Yeah, well, sometimes a little yeah. the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Eric, on the other hand, is at the other end of the spectrum. Uh, Taysom's probably going to break his leg while scrambling out of the pocket. Well, you know, he hasn't been injured in the pros, and That's knows? probably a little bit of a surprise right there, considering how many injuries he battled in college. And all the running around on special teams and as a receiver. Yeah. And, you know, you take hits. And there are bigger, stronger, faster guys hitting you. Which is why I want him to succeed, because he persevered. Even though, even though he's got incredible athletic ability to say he persevered, I mean, he's been so significantly blessed with this just incredible athletic ability. So he brings that to the table. So it's not like he's some dark horse, at least to us. I get why the rest of the NFL world is all just goo-goo and gaga about him because it's new to them. But for us, I, I mean, I was in Texas Stadium when he leaped over that dude. And I'm down there and I saw it and it. I didn't bat an eyelash, really. because <laughs> That's I, you'd already seen him do it to yeah, Texas once. Because I was accustomed. I knew his athletic ability, and I can just remember the gasp in the stands on that night down there in Austin, whereas I'm thinking, yeah, okay. If you would have told me he would have done that, I would have signed off 100% because I know he can do it. But I still have my doubt, honestly, and it's nothing against the guy, I honestly doubt whether he could be a big-time passer that is required for you to succeed in the NFL. You can run as much as you want. The day he becomes a starting quarterback, he's the best running quarterback. Now, he may not be the most productive because, depending on the schemes, but he is the best running quarterback. Yes, and I can say in my mind, and I'm biased because I watched him play as we all did, I believe he's better than Lamar Jackson as a runner. I believe as a runner... He's a combination of Vic and Young. I'll take it. Yeah. No Look, offense to Lamar or no offense not to at all. Uh, John Elway in his prime. No offense to any other running quarterback in the last but I'm biased. 20, 30, 40 years. I mean, I've seen him the, rush for 300-some yards in ball games or whatever, 250, but, whatever it was. But can he stand in the pocket and deliver That's pass after pass on, on the, the money? money yeah. hitting, not just hitting receivers, hitting them in stride. The NFL is set up. Yards after catch, you got to hit them in stride. Throw four touchdown passes. Do the stuff Lamar Jackson's done from the pocket. Well, it's two things you have to do, I think, that can really separate you, is hit those guys in stride so they can get that. Uh, extra yardage, and then also, I believe you have to squeeze footballs into tight windows that are much tighter than you've ever seen. Steve if, Young acknowledged if that. If you here. can do those two things, put the ball between the numbers where the man is able to keep his momentum going forward downfield and hit those tight windows. I believe he can do everything else. He threw that, was it a bomb he threw in a playoff game? Yeah, 50 yards. He can do that. In fact, the, the guy had to turn around as if it was a punt. He didn't exactly hit him in stride. Yep. No, he wasn't leading him yeah. on that but throw. But he can do that. That didn't surprise me at all. I've seen him do it a thousand times. He can do that. There's no question in my mind he can do that. 
Can he hit dudes in stride? Can he put it? Because sometimes guys are covered very, very well, but there's still a completion. Michael says, who cares what we think? Sean Payton thinks he's ready. And even Drew has said, wait till you see him play quarterback. Those are the only opinions that matter. They see him work every day. For sure there's going to be a drop-off for placing a Hall of Famer. But I can't wait to see Taysom get a shot. Yeah, but I can go on and on by guys who are just as accomplished as Sean Payton. Okay, the, the Bill Belichick didn't think Tom Brady was worth the first five picks of the draft. Not the number one, two, three, four, the rounds. Nor did he think he should start in front of Drew Bledsoe, but then Drew got hurt. So he played him, and Tom took yeah. off immediately. And there's a million examples of Drew, that. If if if, if um, Bledsoe doesn't get hurt, is Brady sitting there and they don't win that first uh, Super Bowl? I don't know that. I mean, I can't I can't speak to it. Who, how do I know Bledsoe didn't win it? Wouldn't have won it. He wasn't exactly chopped liver. Uh, but uh, what Mahomes? Did Mahomes go like fifteen? Correct. Well, if you know what you know now, you. Any, I don't care who you had at quarterback. And Those other 14 teams would have taken home Mahomes. When the Chiefs picked Mahomes, they panned it by and large nationally. said, what are you picking this kid? They did? Yeah. If you're oh, reading, freaking if idiots. Read back on it. Nah, I, I always, I'm always looking guy. ahead. I never look back, That's man. Said, it's my guy. I know. Is he, you know, whose guy is it? Is it your guy? Is it his guy? It's Andy, it's Andy Reid's guy. guy. Well, Andy Reid said, That's my guy. If he wins Sunday. Andy Reid's my guy. <laughs> <You're front runner. laughs> nice. John posts on our fake Facebook page, Taysom is a great multi-talented athlete. I don't see him or the team as successful if you put him at quarterback 100% of the time. That's the interesting thing, and I would love to see it. And I would love for him to succeed. Because he obviously endured so many blows at BYU and stuck with it, stuck with it, and has been rewarded, and he's... And financially, you know, obviously he couldn't get a job to, to match that, plus just the thrill of being able to play NFL football. He had a great line, and I think that is just totally underappreciated. Uh, so they beat Arizona in uh, Kalani's first game, right? Mm-hmm. And that whole week, what did he turn, like 26, like right before that game? Correct. So he turns 26, right? And they know that that 14-year-old kid, uh, Olroyd, kicks the field goal to... Uh, the 14 Well, he looked 14. He does. And, and at the time, he did. And so they played in the Cardinal Stadium. They kicked that last second. Was it literally the last play of the game? Correct. Yeah, so they kicked the field goal. They beat the Cats, which I'm celebrating like crazy, man. Kalani wins. I want to see him win. The Cats lose. And Rich Rod's going to have a conniption fit. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> this is the best of the best for Hat me. trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Normally, I go and stand... By the tunnel where the team I'm covering comes through, so like I you got to see Rich Rod yeah, yeah. down. So I you ran over see, the other side. You got to see the Arizona fans <laughs> with the slumped shoulders and the dejected trudge up. And the I'm stairs. giving the pitchfork sign as I'm walking up the locker room with the Arizona people. <laughs> and so Taysom gets in there, and we're in the interview room, and he says, "You know, so much has been made about my age this week, and then we have this game that was right down to the end." He said, "I'm just getting too old for this stuff." <laughs> I thought it was a great line. Tanner says, major BYU football fan here. I'm quite honestly nervous as can be. He's such a joy to watch right now in his current role. I'm afraid he might not be such a great full-time quarterback, and the excitement surrounding him will be squashed. I want to protect his legacy. I'm like a concerned parent who doesn't want his little bird to fly out of the nest. Well, you know, I could say this. For this is the mark of the wise and the upright man, not to rail against the gods in misfortune. Okay, now you're combining Tim Lacombe and Wise Sayings with 
Taysom Hill takes. Well, yeah, I'm a potpourri. Cliff is not on board. Not good. He's not a full-time starter. He's a role player. It'll be a huge step down from Breeze. I got news for you, Cliff. When you lose a Hall of Famer, it's probably going to be a big step down. Hence the left, the right-handed Steve Young. Because it wasn't a step down. There's that, and there's uh, Green Bay going from Favre to Rodgers. And uh, a long time ago... Norm Van Brocklin to John Hadle? No. Uh, it was Waterfield to Van Brocklin. So there's like three <laughs> examples. Waterfield? Isn't that a school in Sandy? Yeah. I think it was Bob Waterfield was the guy. That's my dad's Waterford, guy. Waterfield. Were, when, my, when my dad was a kid. He loved Ram- Bob Waterfield? He loved the Rams. The Rams were on TV in San Diego and the Chargers didn't exist yet. The so he started. loved Bob Waterfield. The he answer is yes. the Rams. Yeah, he, was all, he, he watched Ram games even after the Chargers came to town. He'd watch the Rams. He's a big, big fearsome, foursome Merlin Olsen guy. <laughs> Who Rosie wasn't? Greer. Yeah, I heard all about it from Dad. Before my time. Uh, let's see. Just got a text. And is this what? What are you finally hearing about the uh, taking the shots at the at the family? At my the sources tell me you were throwing shade at me. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> my sources tell me is a great line. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK. That's from uh, Andy Reid. Topic a discussion with Chad Lewis, and then at the end, uh, PK and, and Chad, you guys know all the same people. In, K- in Chad's case, they married into the family. So you were throwing shade. I agree. <laughs> Personal attack. I'm telling them just having fun with Chad Lewis at your expense. <laughs> nice. <laughs> all right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. More of your feedback coming up. We've got more people tweeting at us about Taysom and the Saints. If you missed it, we'll lay out the whole thing. There's multiple options that could happen with New Orleans. The club's got a plan. Drew doesn't know what his plan is yet. We'll explain it all next. Stay with us. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Matt Harpring, longtime member of the Utah Jazz and opponent of Kobe Bryant. I mean, there's just two or three players I could ever remember going against in competition that had a will and a desire to win more than Kobe Bryant. You knew it was going to be a war. If he could, he beat you 100 to nothing. It's admirable because he inspired a generation of players that saw what he did, and it was more about his will to win. If you listen to people talk and about his work ethic, how his will to win just came off the TV where people could see it. Like, he just wasn't willing to lose. That just wasn't his persona. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a Win Tickets Wednesday. Stay with us. You're going to have a chance to win tickets to see the Utah basketball team. That's coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. So stay tuned for that here on a Win Tickets Wednesday. And if you don't win now, of course, the other shows will have them all day long, giving away the tickets. A reminder to join the big show from Friday from 3 to 6. We're going to be at the warehouse in 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. That's the yeah. warehouse. It's going to blow my mind. Kid just put out on Twitter a high school defensive lineman. He's committing on his mother's birthday, which is June 20th. <laughs> it's an odd day. Well, but he's telling us now. Okay, well, I'll mark it down. You got six months to get ready. Oh, we're done. He's from Scottsdale, Saguaro, so hopefully he stays home. But he's going to, a much anticipated commitment will come on 6 20 2020. Is he a four star guy, a five star guy? Four. Okay. Heck of a player. It's the first time I'm hearing of him. (laughs) Whatever. That's my wife's birthday. 
collect enough four-star guys, you'll probably be okay. Some of them miss, but they don't all. I suppose. Yeah. And you'll be getting your wife a uh, nice outfit. No, oh, and I just give her a gift card. She'll go pick herself up oh, a nice outfit. Okay. From, it's I a nice just, outfit. Every year I go to Kmart, and I get her a... Uh, a uh, gift certificate, and I tell her to pick herself up a cocktail dress. There it is. Get a nice outfit, honey. Yeah. Now, if he commits to ASU, that'll be our gift. There it is. We'll share it together. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking about Taysom Hill before the break, and if you missed it to get you up to speed. So there's multiple things at work, and Taysom doesn't control any of them, but there's three things he's watching now. One is Drew Brees going to play next year or not. Drew says he hasn't made up his mind. And he's got another too early. month or so right, to work that out. Maybe he'll play, maybe he won't. Season isn't even over. I mean, his is, but the NFL isn't. The other thing Taysom is looking at is Teddy Bridgewater because he's going into free agency. And what was his record, PK? Five and zip. Hey, that'll get somebody's attention and he'll get paid. And he has starting experience. There's 32 teams and they do not all have settled quarterback situations. So somebody out there will want Bridgewater. Now, if Breeze retires, then maybe New Orleans wants Bridgewater. But I think the thing with most people is Breeze plays another year. Ultimately, he decides to play, in which case Bridgewater's gone somewhere else for the money. If Breeze retires, maybe Bridgewater stays, or maybe he still goes somewhere else for the money. And then the Saints are looking at Taysom saying, we're going to lose one of these two guys. We've got to get you ready to play. So they're looking at an increased role for him next year, hopefully, presumably, with Drew Breeze still there. This season. If, in 2020. Yeah, it makes it sound like this is it for Breeze. Either he's done or, or he's done in a year. Yeah. And he's going to be 41, 42 years old. So, right. I mean, he's already 41. It's got to happen at some point. Right. So, Hill's moment is coming, I would assume. I would guess really? if, if you want... That's a surprise to me, that his moment is coming. Well, Breeze is going to retire. Now, it doesn't Breeze, mean that it doesn't. just because and someone's the, retiring doesn't mean it's your moment. And here's... If Breeze retires and Bridgewater signs, then maybe Taysom Hill, Hill's path is blocked in New Orleans. And maybe not. Maybe the coaches decide to give him a shot anyway. I don't know. There's always Ryan Tannehill. I don't think anybody knows. I don't think anybody in New Orleans holds all the cards. Yeah, but it Everybody's makes it sound like that they want Hill. Yes. He's the heir apparent. I think they definitely like him, and they definitely are excited to see what he can do when he has a bigger role. And how will that go? That's stunning to me. Because neither you or I ever saw him as accurate enough to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Athletic enough is all get out. Oh, he could be a starting whatever. And, and good enough to be a second or third string guy, but to be handed. I mean, you're, it's a cliche, but it's true in the NFL. When you're a quarterback, you are, handle, you are handed the keys to the franchise. They pay you so much money in a salary cap league. you got to come through. And if you don't, it sinks the team 99 times out of yeah, 100. The fact that he's on an NFL roster is a zero surprise to me. He is a top-notch kid, so you're going to have zero problems. He's going to represent your franchise as well as anybody out there, right? So that's a given. You don't worry about any of that stuff. And, and the first time he ran downfield and made a tackle on special teams, everyone went, wow! The rest of us are like, well, did you see him run against Texas? Oh, the first time he shows up in shorts <laughs> and just does anything. I mean, that's the kind of athletic ability he has. There was a question asked by a reporter yesterday to guys at the Super Bowl. If you had a clone one guy, make 53-man roster out of one player, one of the Chiefs linemen said, Taysom Hill, he can do everything. He really can. Yeah. I mean, he could... 
he could play every position except interior lines on both sides. Because he doesn't you, have the you size. You put him on tight end, you put him at linebacker, you put him at whatever. He'd be an whatever. awesome safety. Yeah, he'd get he'd a, he can run line, with anybody. Running sideline to sideline, making plays. One of the famous stories, he lifted with the lineman at BYU. So maybe he is strong enough. Yeah, oh yeah, he's, well he's not big enough. He's 230. Size You're wise. not going to play yeah. offensive or defensive line at 230 pounds. That's not happening anymore. Uh, so with that in mind, man. He's a just incredible, but is he a starting quarterback? Is Ben Roethlisberger a, an incredible athlete? But he's probably a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, I would think Philip Rivers. Roethlisberger is definitely a Hall of Famer. Hall of Famer. Rivers is in the maybe category. Yeah. I mean, these guys had the ability to yeah. ward off pass rushes, which is really all you need. You don't need to sprint forty yards. Find the space in the pocket. Right, slide, roll out a little bit. A lot of that is mental. Yep. Or in Roethlisberger's side, his <laughs> just, just absorb the hit and just, stand. I, I remember anyway. one time him and Terrell Suggs, man. Yeah. They look like two giants <laughs> just going at each other, and tr- Suggs is trying to tackle him, and and Roethlisberger's just swatting them away. Something out of a just, movie. Yeah. Something Marvel it's, would be doing, it's like right? Two, yeah, like two uh, comic book heroes. heroes. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're, because they're massive human beings, and he threw the ball away, and that allowed them to retain possession rather than a sack, and they went down and scored a touchdown. This is a playoff game because they had a great rivalry with Baltimore and Pittsburgh. They're going on there because not that far away. All right, DJ and PK, we've got uh, tickets for, on a win tickets Wednesday to send you to a Utah basketball game. We'll do that coming up next. We've got more of your feedback on Taysom. We've got more on the Utah Jazz playing in San Antonio against the Spurs tonight. We'll get to all of that next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.